With this week's Press Luncheon Audio, you're going to hear from linebacker Nate Landman, who was named the Pac-12 Defense Player of the Week, quarterback Steven Montez, then Hall of Fame coach Bill McCartney shares his memories of the Nebraska-CU rivalry. Then up is running back Trayvon McMillan, followed by head coach Mike McIntyre. All right, we have Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week, Nate Landman. How's it going? We'll open it up to questions. Nate, uh, first, can you just talk about uh, receiving that honor? Obviously, you know you had a good game, but to be able to be named Pac-12 Player of the Week, what does that mean to you? Yeah, it's, um, it's been one of my goals ever since I've started being recruiting. Um, I love the Pac-12. Grow, grow, uh, been growing up watching the Pac-12. It's definitely one of my goals. Um, I can't take all the credit. Um, we had a great play from our defense, and I, I obviously can't do what I do uh, without my D-line, without my secondary there to help me. Nate, I'm sure when you watched Bill, there were mistakes that was, were made, but 16 tackles in your first start as a middle linebacker at the stadium where the Broncos play against one of your rivals, could you imagine a better start? Um, honestly, no, I'm, a little star, I'm still a little starstruck myself. Um, I just went out there, played my game. Um, you know, we had a great scheme that whole game. Um, I got great coaches behind me helping me out there. Um, some mistakes were made, but um, I made my, if I made a mistake, I was doing it 100% and uh, just playing my game. Obviously, you probably won't have a game like that every game, but how do you keep that momentum going into the next game and beyond that as well? Um, just get better every week. Um, Coach Harp's on that. Um, you know, taking it one day at a time. Uh, so we'll watch, we had practice today, we'll watch that, we'll learn from mistakes we made today, and then we'll get better for tomorrow. And so continue to do that each and each week. Um, hopefully that'll get us better. Nate, what special challenge does it present uh, preparing for a team that you have no game film on and not any from last year either? Uh, yeah, it's a great challenge. You know, they have that film on us, um, but we also have that one game on them where they've seen us play, but they haven't played yet. So. Um, it's definitely tough when preparing. We have to take um, where their coaching staff came from and watch that film, watch their spring game. And um, they're a great opponent, a great opponent, and I'm excited to play them this week. Nate, you sort of touched on this after the game on Friday, but uh, obviously to, to give you room to start, some other pieces you know, moved around to, to give you room to, to be able to play in the middle of this defense. Just how did those conversations go, um, you know, in the offseason to sort of say, hey, you're, you're, we're going to give you an opportunity? And maybe when did you feel comfortable at the college level, whether it was maybe last year as a freshman or maybe during spring ball or maybe it was Friday night? Yeah, um, so obviously they moved Drew to outside, and he took that really well. He's a great leader. Um, at first he was he took it a little hard, but, you know, he's a great leader. He's, he's great out there. Um, he's super athletic, makes plays. He's the only one of us that can go out there and be successful, um, in my opinion. Um, and to touch on the second part of your question, um, during camp, really, last year, I was struggling. I was swimming. It's a lot, lot to learn coming in as a freshman, but I had great leadership. Um, helped me get through the way. So coming into this fall camp, I was able to jump forward and make big, bigger leaps in understanding defense and offensive schemes. And I could say halfway through fall camp, I felt most comfortable. Hey, I knew you weren't around for like the people with the Nebraska uh, rivalry, but what have the coaches kind of told you about it? And are you, what are you expecting on Saturday? Um, I'm expecting a big crowd. Um, everyone's going to be pumped up. The coach can be pumped up. Um, I've heard it's a huge rivalry. Um, obviously, they got the games playing everywhere around here in the Champion Center. Um, I was talking to Coach Hagan today, and he said he never lost to them. So hopefully, we're going to keep that tradition up. Um, and I'm excited. It's going to be a big game, huge crowd, 
and I'm, I'm excited. Nate, what is the challenge when you're preparing for a, a true freshman quarterback that you haven't really seen? And, and also, Adrian Martinez being from Fresno, did you guys ever cross paths in high school at all? Uh, we did not cross paths in high school. Um, but yeah, there is a challenge. Um, we don't know what he's capable of yet, but also he's a young player as myself, and I know what that, how that can affect um, and how that takes to be on the field. Um, he's a great player, obviously, playing, playing there in Nebraska, so we're going we're gonna to play him as a great player. Hey, Nate, have, have you heard any stories or have you experienced it yourself? Have you been chastised for wearing red? I have not. I honestly don't really wear red myself. Um, I don't think I have anything red in my wardrobe at all, actually. Have any of your teammates you heard any stories of anyone wearing red and being? Um, I have not, no. Nate. Hi. Um, the offense was very effective on Friday night. How did the defense use that kind of cushion? Uh, and was it, were you able to freelance more or, or um, be more aggressive than it had it been a tighter game? Yeah, definitely. Um, our offense, first of all, came out and played great. Um, they had great leadership on the team. Montez was throwing balls. Um, young guys were making plays. Offensive line was playing great. And when we're up like that, we're able to kind of relax as a defense and not have to do too much. Uh, we can play our base calls and really work on the stuff that he's working on rather than um, being down and trying to make a big play. We can just rather get out there with the mindset of three and out, get the ball back to our offense. And, um, and I think that's what we did well. Obviously, you had half the crowd in your favor on Friday night, but what's your first start on, on the road going to be like for you? Um, it's going to be intense. I mean, I don't know exactly how much that stadium holds, but I've heard above 90,000. Um, so, and obviously, it's going to be their home game. So I'm, I'm excited. Honestly, I think that we'll thrive in that atmosphere, kind of have that pressure on us. will help bring us out our best game. Hey, your father was a rugby player. Your sister was a college swimmer. Your brother was a college football player. What was... What is sort of the competitive DNA in your family? Yeah, uh, you should be at our house for Thanksgiving, honestly. Uh, uh, it's intense. Um, as growing up, I always looked up to my I had two older brothers and an older sister who's super athletic, um, and we always had that beat each other mentality, you know. So being a younger brother, I always had to compete harder to hang with the big dogs. So um, yeah, in our family, it's 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 pretty intense. Um, having my dad's rugby players, great foundation. He knows how um, athletics work and having them help me along the way is, is, is really nice. To follow up on that, so Thanksgiving, what are we talking about here? Is that, uh, you know, touch football? Is that, what, what kind of competition is that? Uh, touch football, turn to tackle football. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else for Nate? Awesome, thanks, Thank you. Nate. Oh. Up next, we have quarterback Steven Montez. We will open it up to questions. Steven, uh, how do you prepare to go against the crowd noise in Memorial Stadium? Um, I mean, I really don't think you can because in practice, I mean, they have music on, but it's nowhere near as loud as what it's going to be uh, in Lincoln. So, I mean, you really can't, but crowd noise doesn't really affect you too much. Once you get locked in, it's kind of just like... Like, you know it's loud, but in your mind and in your ears, you don't really hear it too much. And then, obviously, with the cadence, we use the clap, so I think it'll be okay. Um, if we run into any problems, I mean, we'll we'll adjust on the fly, but we've played in loud places before, and it hasn't been a problem for us. <clears throat> Nate, 
Stephen, uh, this is a rivalry that obviously goes back and, and means a lot to a lot of people around here and a lot of fans. So the players, though, probably don't even remember the last time that Colorado played in Nebraska. As a, you know, is the team kind of buying into that uh, up to tradition mode, or is it just another game uh, for you guys? To the history. I mean, I think a lot of the guys on the team know about the history. They've been playing all the highlights and the clips around the Champion Center for the whole week now. Um, to us, we just treat it like another game. I mean, they're just another team wearing a different color than us. We got to go in, do what we do best, play our game, and uh, and hopefully uh, it'll work out for us in the end. Speaking about the different color they wear, red, and we talked to him and said no red at all. Is a lot. Yep. Have you heard about that? I have. I have multiple times. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I had I was wearing a red lanyard one time, and Hagen said, "Sit right there," and I was like, "Like car keys?" And he was like, I'm "Talking about the lanyard? That's red. We don't wear red in here." I was like, "All right." So I went and bought a white lanyard the next day. So just don't wear red, especially on Nebraska week. That'll be bad for you. We got any red in here? Anybody? Maroon? I don't count. <laughs> no? Good. All right. I like it. Most everybody in here is old enough that remembers. <laughs> that remembers? Steven, uh, Nate was just named Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, yeah. As somebody who goes up against him in, in practice and during the offseason, just how would you kind of describe him as the guy that sort of mans the, the middle of that defense? Yeah, I mean, he's a leader. He's a leader on that defense. Uh, he obviously flies around with the ball. He's very physical, hits very hard. So, I mean... Nate's going to be a, a very good player here for the next, how many, he's got three years, doesn't he? Three more years? So, I mean, yikes, that's it's kind of scary, especially after the game that he just had on uh, on Friday. He played really well, and I think he's going to continue to play well for us all season. Stephen, on Friday, the game plan called for a lot of those, I don't even know what kind of pass you called, but where you just kind of pitch it to the guy. Mm -hmm. Fly sweeps, yeah. Yeah, and then you had a few short passes. Yeah. I, I guess how much of the offense – did you guys show, and, you know, did you keep yeah. under wraps because yeah. you just felt like you didn't need it? Yeah, we obviously didn't run very much of the offense. I thought that was that was fairly obvious. We ran a few few plays that we had practiced a lot, um, and we ran them at a very high level, and I think that's why we were able to run so few plays was because we were executing the plays that we were running at a very high level. So, I mean, is our game plan going to be the same for Nebraska? I'm not sure. I'm not Coach Chev, so I couldn't tell you. Do you think your experience as a starter, obviously with the year under your belt, has helped to prepare you to lead your team into battle? Yeah, I think I think the experience definitely has helped a little bit. I think the biggest thing for me, though, has been uh, Coach Roper coming in and helping me out with defenses. I, I can't stress how much how important that has been for me and just my development as a quarterback. I think that's been crucial for me. Uh, following on that, what did you see from the defense? Were you able to take advantage of? Uh, immediately, or it was just uh, able to watch and talking and about whose defense, Colorado State. Yes, Colorado State. Um, I mean, they just didn't they didn't cover the flats very well, and I mean that's just those are those fly sweeps, those are those short little flat route throws that we threw all game. I mean, they just kind of struggle. I, I don't I don't know. How much does the up tempo game really benefit you? I mean, it was it was good. Our tempo, I think, our tempo was uh was kind of gassing them a little bit. They were getting a little bit tired on the field. Uh, so I think just that just that quick tempo, getting to the line quick, I don't think they were used to seeing that in practice. And so when we uh, when we brought it out and started really running our tempo and really getting to the line and really pushing it, uh, they uh, I think they just started to get a little bit tired. Steven, uh, 
as as uh, any would would have if they weren't seeing it in practice. Steven, Nebraska game got canceled last weekend, so they didn't have a chance to yeah. play it. So does it give you guys a little more confidence on the <clears throat> game under your belt, or is it harder to prepare for a team that you don't play for? That's the same thing that we were saying last week. It's kind of the same thing, but in reverse. We ended up playing the game, so now they have film on us and have film on what we're going to do. But um, they still haven't played a game yet, and they have a true freshman quarterback. Uh, but we also don't have film on them. So, I mean, it goes, it goes both ways. It goes both ways. It could be advantage, disadvantage. I mean, I think it kind of evens out. Based on what you've seen and haven't seen, what do you expect from their defense? I mean, I think they're going to do the same stuff that uh, UCF did last year because that's where their coaching staff is from, Scott Frost. So I think, uh, I think that they're going to do that. They're going to play some Oki and play some coverages. I'm not really going to talk too much about it because uh, – that's that's between uh, the offense, really. Me, Coach Rope, Coach Chev, that's between us. So, Kind of piggybacking off of that, what have you guys been doing to prepare for them? Have you, know, you seen what you think they're going to run in practice? Or in the yeah, I mean, we've just been working hard. We've just been working real hard, and I, I think we're going to come into this game with a lot of energy, a lot of excitement. I mean, it's always fun to play football, especially uh, on ABC. at uh, I think the game's at 3 or something like that, 3 Eastern, so... I mean, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait to play. Very excited. Um, we just, like I said, we've just been working real hard and just kind of trying to do the things that we do best, try to do them at a high level in practice. You mentioned Avery Martinez is making his first start. Um, yes. What do, you, what do you remember? What are the biggest things you remember, like, kind of emotionally or just going through the process in preparation for, for, for making a first call? For a first start? Um, I mean, you just obviously don't want to go out there and make a whole lot of mistakes. And, I mean, mistakes are going to happen. It's just a part of the game of football. But you don't want to go out there and start with a bunch of mistakes because, uh, I mean, it's your first start. You want to play pretty clean. So, I mean, I imagine he'll be, he'll be prepared. I imagine Nebraska's defense and offense will both be prepared to play this game. So, I mean, I think they'll be ready. I think, they'll, I think they're a good team. I haven't really seen their personnel on film yet. But, I mean, I imagine they'll be all right. Stephen, uh, my certain staff has talked to you guys about this, but coming out of the gate last week, having the kind of success you did, how do you just want the leaders on this team make sure that you know the guys in this roster don't get drunk in your own wine here and start going, hey, yeah. how good we are? Yeah, exactly. How do you avoid that mentality? I think it happens in practice. I think it happens in practice. you gotta, you got to come to practice every day with kind of a, a clean slate and kind of like you're oh and oh again, like, like we haven't even played the game. Um, so... Yeah, we definitely don't want to get complacent. Definitely don't want to uh, think we're too good, and then come out and not do as well as uh, as we would like. So we just need to keep working and just keep rep, repping our offense, repping it, repping it, repping, just getting very good at certain things. And I think we'll be fine. I think we'll I think we'll stay hungry because we still got we still have a whole lot to prove. One game doesn't doesn't prove very much. To follow up on that. Uh, on the other side, how much does it help you guys after all, all that preparation? You guys feel good at the fall camp to go out there and have a performance like that and uh, kind of validate some of the things you've done in the offseason? Yeah, I mean, it, it was good. It was good to come out and have put up some points or whatever. I mean, it's just, but like I said, it's just one game. One game isn't going to win you the season. One game's not going to get you to a bowl game. One game's not going to get you to a playoff or anything like that. So we just need to just kind of stay the course and just keep working and just keep our heads down and uh, – and just focus on what we uh, what we have to do, the task at hand. Stephen, you were here two years ago. Obviously, you saw the rise. You were part of it. 
mm -hmm. late last year, which turned out to be maybe a disappointing season. So where is this team at right now? I sense that when you got into the Colorado State game, there was kind of a quiet confidence about you guys. I know your motto is nothing to say and a lot to prove. Um, just talk about where you see this team's kind of mindset right now. I think we're just focused. I think if I was to describe our team right now, I think it would just be focused. Focused and, uh, and hungry. And that's uh, going to do it for Steven. Up next, we'll have running back Trevon McMillan. Appreciate you guys. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Just talk about uh, your first experience here at Colorado. Obviously, you've got a lot of big game experience in Tech. But what was different and, and what was it like for you being here in a new uniform? I felt really good to be out there and be out there with my brothers and um, just to experience the rivalry. And, um, you know, we're all hungry and we're just going to keep, you know, getting better each and every day. We're, you know, we're not we're not done with it. This is just one game. So um, we're just trying to come to work every day. Trayvon, we haven't had a lot of chances to chat with you. Uh, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about uh, why you settled on Colorado and you decided to make the move from, from Virginia Tech. Sure, you're checking things out. Why did you think this would be uh, the best fit for you? Um, I mean, I I saw um, saw Philip Lindsay. He had a really awesome season. I saw the guys up front. Um, I felt like they were dominating up front, and um, I loved the way that Colorado was moving fast and things like that. I saw that y'all had um, Stephen Montas here, so I saw that there was there is. Um, there are a lot of talent on offense, and I wanted to join something somewhere where there was a lot of talent, somewhere I could just, you know, get in and um, just get the ball rolling a little bit. So um, that's kind of why. And when I when I was also here on the official and everything, I felt really comfortable with the coaches, and they made me feel welcome here. And you know, Colorado is a beautiful place. So you had some conversations with Phil Lindsay too, right? How big did that play into you? Kind of, you feeling comfortable with, with the transfer? Yeah, I mean, I I had some a uh, few chats with Philip. He just, you know, I mean, he told me about the tradition of Colorado, kind of what Colorado was about and everything like that. Because this was a, it was my first time visiting Colorado in general, so it was just a brand new you know experience and everything. So um, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it so far. Do you think having receivers like Lavishka, KD, and Juwan is going to really help open up the rest of the field for you? Definitely, um, especially those guys. They could stretch the field. Um, those guys are are dangerous with the balls in their hands as well. So, um, yeah, those guys are talented. I mean, it can open up the running game for uh, me and the other backs. So, um, I'm looking forward to how the season will go. Trayvon, on that touchdown run uh, in the second half in the open field, uh, lack of a better description, you had a nice little, I guess, uh, jab step uh, to, to lose the safety. You used almost that same move earlier in the game on a nice run uh, to, to, to lose a tackler. This is, where's that move come from? Is it a signature move of yours? And uh, we see more of it as the season goes on. Um, I mean, it's just, when I'm running, it's just instinctive. I just, I saw, I was, pushing up to the safety and he was kind of um, stopping his feet a little bit so I gave him a little jab step to make him hesitate even more so I, I knew I can get the edge on him 
So I'm in. Um, you know, I'm I'm planning on doing that a lot more throughout the season. Um, but I mean, those guys up front, it's 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 what they do that makes it makes what I do um, worth it. So. As long as those guys up front can continue to do with their jobs, I feel like I can continue to execute at my level. Trayvon, I know you're a Buffalo through and through now, but uh, how was it watching the Hokie stuff at FSU last night? Oh, yeah. Um, they played, defense played really well, I feel like. Um, some, some dogs on defense. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, it was nice watching them. I'm glad that they got the win and everything. And I reached out to uh, my teammates, and they reached out to me. So. Um, it was a, it was nice to see them beat FSU. What is it like for you guys having back-to-back -back rivalry games? I know that you don't have the history with Nebraska, but it's a little extra juice, motivation, having the kind of conversation you know, the, the going around that those two games. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Nebraska. It's it's a big time rivalry here. Um, Coach Hagan has told me a, a lot about the rivalry and things like that, and I've I've heard it from everybody around the Champions Center that it's just a crazy rivalry. Um, we don't know much about it because it's been so long since um, Colorado and Nebraska has played, but like we're taking this game really seriously and we're we're preparing as hard as we can in practice so that when we get out there, we're going to execute to the best of our ability. Anything else for Trevon? Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, this time we've got a special guest, the man who's here for 13 Nebraska games. We're going to bring up Bill McCartney. Just a couple thoughts before you attack me. <laughs> what I've learned over the years is everything rises and falls on leadership. Every home, every business, every church, every newspaper, every station. It's a direct reflection of the leadership. And what I see in Coach McIntyre and his staff, and I don't know them well, but I watch carefully from a distance, these guys are good. They have character. They're trustworthy, they're genuine, there's no deception. They're, they're the real deal. And having coached here for 13 years, that gives me a lot of reward and satisfaction because uh, I want this place to climb to the top and stay on the top. This is my school. And um, I see in these guys the ingredients that are necessary to climb that ladder. Um, I coached uh, basketball for many years, and I was a disciple of Bobby Knight. Now, he was ornery, <laughs> but uh, they played hard, and they played disciplined. They were organized, and they played for four quarters. He was really a strong leader. That's what I see here. I see that kind of leadership here. And so I think all of us, you know, I love Boulder. I uh, live close by and I'm not going anywhere. I think this is as good as it gets.
I haven't ever seen a place better than Colorado and Boulder in particular. And um, but we gotta we gotta rally them. We gotta inspire them. The morale is to the physical. It's four is to one. It's four times as important your attitude as it is your actual physical ability. If you think you can or can't, you're right. So big dreams create the magic that stirs men's souls. What I see here is the ingredients for success. And I think our coach is a cut above. I think he's the real deal. I just think he has the character, the discipline, the integrity that you want in a coach. And so I encourage the media to give him the benefit of the doubt and, and get behind him. You know why? Because you can inspire the, the throng out there. You have an influence on them. If you find fault all the time, they're going to find fault all the time. They're going to add to your list. But if you choose to uh, take the high road, everybody's going to benefit. You all have a tremendous impact. I have read the sports page, not the whole paper, now. I've read the sports page every day for 42 years. I've never missed a day. You know what I do when I get up? I read the sports page. You know, and I find it always interesting and rewarding. And so there's a lot of people out there like me. The reason we buy a paper is to read the sports page. You know, now I'm not saying they're all that narrow, but that's, that's the truth. So I just, when I get a chance, you all have a tremendous influence. And I encourage you to recognize that what we got here right now is special. This guy is special and he's building something special. And it's gonna take a little while. Lastly, and then I'll answer any questions. My grandson, Derek McCartney, who graduated from here, you know, he's studying to be a doctor. They treated him so good. They treated him, they developed him, they encouraged him, they rallied him, they disciplined him. It's, it's a great experience that he had here. I want every kid to have an experience like that. Questions? Good. So you seem, a, you seem a little funny today, Coach Matt. It's, ga Nebraska it's game time, man. What's it's Nebraska. Nebraska. I'd rather be dead than red. Uh, <laughs> uh, seriously, here, here's what you got to understand about Nebraska. Okay, here we got CU, CSU, Air Force, and the Broncos. You know what they got? Nothing. <laughs> Just that team that's coming. And there's nothing else there for them to do. When they get up every day, that's the only option they have is to get behind that big red thing. And so uh, we got to beat them. That's the only thing they understand. Now, they understand that. If you beat them, they'll salute. If you don't, you will hear about it. We don't want to hear about it, especially from their media, because they won't stop. You know what the media can be like, right? You know how the media gets a little out of control and you know wears out their welcome? It, it's worse there. Sorry. <laughs>
okay? Coach, when you uh, going way back when you first got here, you were, you were trying to start something and, and build the program. Uh, we all know you, you looked at Nebraska on the schedule, put it in red, made that the marquee game of the season every year. Well, why Nebraska? You know, Oklahoma was a power at that time. Was it the shared border? What was your thinking of, of kind of taking aim at Nebraska as you were getting going here? Very good question. Uh, what had happened to me was. Uh, I was coming from the University of Michigan, where our favorite saying was, oh, how I hate Ohio State. And so when I got here, I said, who's our Ohio State? He said, what are you talking about? I said, who's the team we, we got to beat? I mean, the season's riding on it. They said, coach, we got to beat them all. We don't like any of them. But there, there was no rival. There was no game to point to. See, when you get kids between the ages of 18 and 22, you gotta give them targets to shoot at. You can't just give them a big picture. You gotta say, we're gonna put it all together. We're gonna keep getting better and better. Then when we go to Lincoln, trust me, we are gonna hit them in the mouth until we take over the place. And when we shut them all up, then we'll leave. Well. You, you have to project things like that. And when I came here, there wasn't any of that. I don't, I'm not accusing anybody of anything that was before me, but they didn't have that picture. And again, when I was at Michigan, we pointed to Ohio State. Oh, how I hate Ohio State. And so when I came here, we identified Nebraska as a team. And one of the reasons we chose them and not Oklahoma or others was because they're a neighboring state, okay? They're next door, okay? They can get loud. You gotta shut them up. That's how we approached it anyway. Coach, how important is re returning to this game for you and you think for the fans? How important is it to return to this game and to the fans? It's more important than any other game. With all due respect, this is the game. And I would like to have a shot at the players. Uh, give me two minutes with them. <laughs> because we're all counting on them. We're depending on them. Sleep good this week and then bring your A game. And when you do, we will carry you off the field. I mean, that's how I look at it. What is your favorite memory? You coach 13 games, it's your favorite Nebraska. <clears throat> shaking hands with Tom Osborne after we beat him. <laughs> wow. It didn't happen near enough. He was so gracious. I loved that. He was very polite. Now, Switzer, he, would, he used profanity. <laughs> but Osborne, he was a gentleman. That was good. And how do you, because there's been that gap in between the team and that, how, what would you say to the players to get them riled up for this big of a game that they might not really know about? Tell them we'd rather be dead than red, okay? In other words, how do you get this team riled up? It, it's, this is what it's all about. This is bigger than the NFL. The NFL doesn't get this big. The whole state can, can rally around this one, maybe not in Fort Collins. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but what I'm saying is that uh, there are certain things that are more important than others. 
This is one of them. This is big, you all. You all need to make headlines. You all need to corral our audience because, you know, in Boulder, what happens is uh, people in Boulder are affluent, right? I mean, that really. And they, they forget how important this is. You've got to remind them. Remind them that everything is rise, riding on this game. And if we don't win this game, it's on them. Now, if they take that personal, we got a chance. <laughs> Coach, you, you kind of answered this just a moment ago. We talked about your respect for Tom Osborne. But when you have a rivalry like this, there, there's dislike back and forth like you're talking about. But at its foundation, it's based on respect. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the teams that you want to beat the most are the best teams. And what Tom Osborne was, you know, I, when I was seven years old, I knew I was going to be a coach. You know, you knew you were going into the media, right? I mean, that was your first hope, right? Well, no, probably not. And you, you lost all those other jobs, and now here you are. But, but for me, I, I, I was going to be a coach. And so, uh, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm second grade. I grew up right across the street from Riverview High School. And so my parents would let me go over there because it was safe, there was no traffic. And I would watch the coaches. And I would come home and people would say, what are you gonna be when you grow up? I'd say, I'm gonna be like one of those coaches. They tell everybody what to do. <laughs> and, and so I, all my life, you know, growing up, playing, I, I went to the University of Missouri on a football scholarship and my coach was Dan Devine. Man, did I respect him. He spoke with authority and conviction. And I said, I want to do that someday, you know? And then I was a basketball coach and I hung out with Bobby Knight. Anybody remember that guy? Okay. I, one day I'm at a clinic and Knight is speaking and there's 500 there. And I raised my hand. And he said, yeah, fella, what do you want? I mean, man, I had never been spoken to like that, let alone in a clinic. And so I asked him a question. He said, hey, fella, I didn't come here to debate it. Sit down. <laughs> and so I learned right away who Bobby Knight was. Uh, but anyway, coaches are amazing, the influence they have. And in college, uh, they go out and get those kids. They bring, they bring the team here from around the country. And they, then they coach them up. That's... That's a, a, between the ages of 18 and 22, that's when a boy becomes a man. Now, girls become adults before boys, right? We all agree on that, right? Ladies, help me. So all I'm saying is, is this is the time when uh, these young men really, what, let me ask you a question. What do you do if you line up across from a guy who's bigger, stronger, faster, tougher and meaner than you are? Do you turn and run? Or do you stay and play? Where else do you learn that? Tell me where you learn that. You learn that right now. You learn that in college because there are guys out there who are the real deal and you gotta stay and play. And that guy, when he gets married and then goes out and gets a job, he doesn't quit, he doesn't turn. He sticks it out. He makes it work. That's what football does. Great coach. Well, thanks for sharing that. Okay.
Great having Coach Mack here. Uh, it was awesome coaching Derek, his grandson. And TC was a graduate assistant for me the first year I was here, and now he he went on to bigger and better in the NFL and doing really well at. at he's at the 49ers now, and um, so um, got a close relationship with the family and love having Coach Mack around all that he can be around. So um, I uh, he's always inspired me and and. Uh, and basically the way he lived his life inspires me more than everything else he's done. So um, I appreciate him being here. Thanks, Coach. All right, um, I'll take any questions about um, um, Nebraska. Coach, maybe keeping in the spirit of yep. uh, Coach McCartney's uh, Obviously a lot of passion uh, for this rivalry around town, around this school. Uh, do you try to tap into that with the players? Obviously, it's been a long time since it has been an important rivalry. Right. These guys, your players, probably don't remember it at all. How do you kind of maybe juggle that balance this week? Well, they are excited about playing this game. There's no doubt. They've they've heard about it since the last game of the season was over last year. I think everybody's been talking about this game um, all the time. I've tried to temper it um, going into our last week's game. Um, but uh, that was that's the buzz that's been around, um, which is exciting um, for our players, for our program, and uh, we're excited about going to, to play in, in Lincoln. Um, but they do understand um, the intensity um, as best they can at this point, but they'll, they'll, uh, they'll understand it definitely when we get there for sure. Aside from watching some UCF film like you talked about yesterday, have you watched any high school film on the freshman quarterback? Or um, we, yeah, we saw him. You know, He got hurt a little bit his senior year in high school, too. Um, it's been a while since he's played a lot. Um, we watched the, the spring game where he played really well in that. Um, that kind of gives us the best telltale sign of him. You know, We saw him play in high school, um, and he, he was a heck of a player. He's a Martinez. He's a really good athlete, and um, he can do a lot of different things. And So, you know, we just kind of – We've been watching UCF film and watching their spring game film and trying to figure out what they want to do. So it's a little bit of an unknown. They'll always have a few new wrinkles and things that they do. Um, but, uh, um, you know, Scott Frost and Troy Walters are excellent offensive coaches, and I know they'll do really well with what, with what the young man can do in the game. Back, I want to ask you a similar question I asked Steve about, you know, as, as successful as your team was on Friday, uh, how you make sure they stay hungry? reading the headlines or watching the highlights, that, that sort of thing. Does that speak to maybe kind of the, the leadership and personality this team has? Yes, I sure hope um, they're, they're not doing That's one game and we've got a lot to, a lot to left to do. Uh, but, yeah, I felt like the leadership practice has not shown that the last two days. Meetings, the way they've showed up to work, their attitude, their focus um, hasn't showed any of those signs that you notice. Um, so I feel like they're definitely locked in and, and want to go um, – Played really well in Lincoln. Coach Nate was his name, Pac-12 defensive player, yep. a couple hours ago. Um, and you guys kind of had to make room for him to, to make that first start. Just right. What did he show you as, as a young player, or when did you kind of say, okay, we, we he needs an opportunity, and we need to make sure that he's you know, in, in the middle of our defense? Yeah, and, and Nate's an excellent football player, as you saw. Um, we saw glimpses of it last year, and he kept going on. Then he had an excellent spring, 
And then about five days into fall camp, I said, we've got to get him and Drew and Rick on the field at the same time. And matter of fact, I was walking up from a media thing after practice, and I'm walking up the hill, and I'm going, I say I'm going to split time with them. Why would I do that? I need to get them all three on the field, and Drew's a good enough athlete that he can do that. And it opens up our defense having Drew play outside backer um, because we can do a little bit more things coverage-wise with him because he can run so fast and he's so athletic. And then bringing him off the edge, he brings speed. You know, we've got um, some really good outside linebackers, but some, a lot of times in the game we've got a kid that runs a 10-5 and a kid that runs a 4-4 that's 220 pounds and they're close to 6-2 and a half coming off the edge. That's a lot of speed out there with Nate and Rick inside. So um, I think that helped our overall defense. And then – Sitting down and talking to Drew was the biggest deal in it. And he goes, Coach, I'll do whatever we need to do for the team. I can play outside. And then when we go nickel, he plays inside. So, um, uh, but Nate made his way. And they, all the kids on the team wanted Nate on the field. Uh, it's kind of, kind of all the kids on the team wanted Visco on the field. So we found ways to get those guys on the field and make plays with them. You mentioned Visco there. He was versatile in high school. But was there a point this past offseason that you felt you really had to get creative given his versatility and skill set? Yeah. Um, uh, Chev and Clayton sat down and really started looking at it and uh, uh, ability to get a lot of those guys on the field at the same time. And, you know, Visca can play tailback. Visca can play tight end. Visca can play wide receiver. He can play Mike linebacker. He can play outside backer. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things Visca can do. Um, so we felt like we needed him on the field all the time and utilize him in all different spots for our football team, which would make it hard for them to key on him and give us versatility within one um, package of players out there. You don't have to always substitute. And now you can play fast and you can do a lot of different things. So he gives us an ability to do, to do that. And I thought that was a, a great thought. Um, you know, Chev brought it to me um, and said, hey, we can get all those guys out there. And I said, that's a great idea. Let's work on doing it. So um, Clayton and all the coaching staff and all those guys on offense put it together and we've just been working with it. And each week we'll change up things and different tweaks with it. Um, but uh, um, I'm excited about the way we're headed with that. Mike, just going back to your conversation with Drew. Yeah. Um, he had a great year last year and ranked mm-hmm. a whole lot of numbers. And so when you have that conversation, how did that go? Did it take some convincing with him, or was it pretty quick that he? No, um, it didn't take much convincing at all. He, you know, he played safety in high school, so the outside backer spot's a good spot for him, too. Um, he can do some coverage things there. Um, and then you can rush the passer because he's really good at that. Um, and then when we go nickel, he would be back inside, which gives us versatility there, too. So uh, he was fine with it, and he knew that it would help our football team if, if him and Nate were on the field at the same time. He saw that, too, and he had the more versatility athletically to go outside, um, and Nate fits really well inside, as you can tell. So I think it helped our team, and he knows that. It's all about our team winning, and he'll, he'll, he'll make a lot of plays for the years over. He made some plays the other night. Hey, Mike, when uh, you guys recruited Visca, obviously he and KD played together, and they're polar opposites. KD is very gregarious, and Visca's really shy. What was it like? You're not around him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> what is Visca like? We talked no, to him. Yeah. He's very pleasant. No, just no. a man of very few words. So what was recruiting him like? Was it challenging from that aspect? Um, you know, you know, you're right. KD was kind of the bell cow at the school. You know, he was kind of the guy at DeSoto High School. Visco was his sidekick, and they did everything together. They were always together. Um, and uh, they, um, but Visco has a very good personality. He, he's really funny. He, he's opened up and opened up, and uh, you'll, you'll get to see more of that as you around him the next 
you know, a couple years. So, um, but it was it was a lot of fun recruiting both of them. Uh, Chev and Darian Hagen recruited there, did a great job with those young men, and uh, so. Uh, um, we even have a package called DeSoto where they're in. So one kid, even um, one of our guys, what's this? I said, DeSoto, that's where the two guys are from. And they go, oh, DeSoto, okay, we got it, DeSoto High School. So um, it's uh, it's fun with those two guys. And, yeah, KD is definitely outgoing, but Visca's not as shy as you think he is. <laughs> Mike, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but preparing for um, a, a true freshman quarterback making his first start, um, without giving anything away, what, what, what just goes into trying to get as much planning and information as you can, um, you know, in that kind of situation? Yeah, it, it's really tough without any game tape um, for the situation. Um, but we are going off the assumption that, uh, that it was going to be very similar to Central Florida. But defensively and offensively, um, we prepare for everything. And, you know, if they're going to run a certain scheme, they can put 11 guys out there, right? They could, <laughs> We can put 11 out. So, you know, all of your schemes offensively and defense should handle everything. There's just some things that might surprise you a little bit, but our kids ought to be able to adjust very easily to it. Um, so now we just got to go play. So hopefully um, we'll be able to adjust as the game goes on in the first quarter to really get a feel for what they're trying to, what they're trying to emphasize in the offense with Martinez. Yeah, you definitely do. Um, the rivalry game is a game that um, sticks with the coach 365 days a year also. Um, and you get questions asking more about your rivalry games than they do the others over the as the years go by. So, uh, but you know, this is a, um, you know, Growing up, watching the Colorado-Nebraska game on Thanksgiving um, Day, we used to always play the day after Thanksgiving uh, or, or Saturday when we played um, Georgia Tech and Georgia. And so I, I knew about all the games. I uh, remember I didn't know Hagen, but I knew number three, Hagen. Um, and uh, so all of those type of situations uh, I, I remember well. Um, and, you know, these young men um, here understand the Nebraska. I think when they sign with Colorado, people always say, do you all st- still play Nebraska? I mean, that's, I get that question, too. When are you all playing Nebraska again? So now we are. Um, and uh, so we're excited about that. But, yeah, the rivalry game, there is a little added energy for sure. Um, there's a little added intensity. You wish you'd say every all 12 games you line up with the same intensity, the same energy. Uh, you don't maybe. There's a percentage difference. Um, and then plus going to play at Lincoln, um, it's a phenomenal place to go play college football. So uh, it, that's what you work for and the players work for So um, that, and to enjoy that atmosphere. Is it comparable to any other rivalries you faced during your playing career or earlier in your coaching? Well, our, our Georgia Tech-Georgia rival was a big rival. Um, and that was a, you know, a lot of fun. A little bit closer. It was only like an hour and a half away. Um, and then when I coached at Ole Miss, the Mississippi State-Ole Miss rivalry was a, I would say it was a hated rivalry. I mean, there was a hatred that ran in that rivalry. I had, you know, they had had the policemen at half field when we warmed up. I mean, that's the truth. Um, so it was, it was great. Our, our, my wife, our wives wouldn't even go to the games if it was played away. It was just that bad. Um, so uh, I would imagine it's still the same way um, on, as that game goes. Um, so that, it, was, it was a lot of fun to play in and coach in, though. Um, I know that because everybody was ready to, to ready to play. Coach, uh, 
once that Nebraska game this past weekend was, was canceled, what kind of scrambling did that cause for you and your staff as you uh, start practice? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, uh, David Platty and I and Rick George are all texting back as it's in. I said, it's canceled. And they go, what? I said, yeah, they just canceled it. And they, then I got a, a text from Platty telling me, no, they're going to play it at 930. And then three minutes later, I get a text saying they're not going to play it. And I said, text David and I text Rick. And I'm like, okay, we're their opening game. Um, so we, we're, we, you know, of course, coaches, we want to get the film and get to work on it. Um, and, uh, but we didn't get any. Um, and uh, Clayton Adams said an interesting story the other day I thought was pretty good. For some reason, one year at Boise State, I don't know what happened, um, but they weren't allowed to trade film or something for a couple games. And uh, so they just had to practice against each other. The other team got their film. Uh, I guess it was some NCAA rule or something a long, long time ago. He said they won both games, though. They just practiced really hard, got out there and played. In the, you know. So the film does matter. There's no doubt about it. But um, hopefully um, we're able to – like I said, our offense and defense and special teams should be able to handle anything they can give you because people change things during the weeks. Hey, Mike, uh, two questions. The first being, whose decision was it to play highlights of the old games throughout the Champion Center on the TV? And mm -hmm. the right. Uh, I don't know. They were just on. When I got here um, or Sunday morning, it was running. Um, so uh, I, I don't I don't know who put them up or what, what's the reason. They were All the televisions were on. The one was on in my uh, conference room, so I, I, I watched a few minutes of it, then I turned it off because I needed to go watch Nal's film and <laughs> UCF and everybody else. So it was up and running in every area. Second question, it might have been tongue-in-cheek, but Coach Mack uh, said he'd love to get two minutes with the team to give them an inspirational talk. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if you heard that. Oh, yeah, I would love Coach Mack. He's talked to our team quite often, um, and uh, we'd love for him to, to come talk to our team for sure. And I know we got to. Um, we're uh, any. He knows he's able to come to every practice anytime he wants. I think he comes at different times. Just um, and it's awesome having him around. And I would love for him to talk to the team. There's no doubt about it. And the team would love for him to talk. You know, he's kind of one of those speakers that gets you riled up, to say the least. And the last time he did it, he dropped the mic and walked out. It was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> he's been watching those guys on television. <laughs> Coach, I know you win and lose as a team. Uh, but knowing what you know about Scott Frost and uh, his background, is there one particular unit or a group of players that uh, get special emphasis in terms of the adjusting and what are your keys for this game? Well, um, you know, they're very dynamic. His offense is very dynamic going against a little bit at, at Oregon. You know, it has a lot of Chip Kelly um, emphasis in it. Um, uh, and I can see some things that Troy Walters brought to it too, um, looking at, um, knowing or, or, old Oregon, Oregon film and, and then what they're doing now. Um, and uh, their quarterback they had at UCF, uh, he's a little Houdini. I don't know if y'all have seen him. I mean, he's really a Houdini. I mean, he's amazing. And uh, they were able to let him get out and make plays, and I think they'll probably try to do the same thing with Martinez. And so um, that's a ability to try to control the quarterback a little bit. It would be really tough. But, you know, they've got a lot of motion, a lot of movement. Um, that so on defense, you got to be able to handle the motion, handle it to, to line correctly, um, so they don't crease you with a dive or crease you with a quarterback pull. Um, there's a lot of option um, emphasis in their offense, a lot of option, and uh, so um, it's uh, which goes back to Scott Frost's days as an option quarterback, you know. So I think that there's um, a, a lot of emphasis in there. They do a great job with them um, and uh, with what they do offensively.
Coach McIntyre. All right, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Coach.